Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. back to give you a recap of the Louisiana Tech victory. Nebraska won 28-14 and look forward to next week against Michigan. But before we get there, DB, initial thoughts, reactions from last Saturday's victory? Uh, pretty businesslike. I, I would have felt a lot better uh, if the game would have been over pre the rain delay, yeah. right? For whatever the reason. And listen, I'm in control. I should know better. But I just feel like after the rain delay, I wasn't as encouraged. But mm-hmm. And again, I know it was kind of an anomaly, so I should probably be able to sift through it. It just, the knee-jerk reaction didn't sit well. Yeah, Heinrich's second start, two weeks back-to-back. Running the ball clearly is the name of the game for Nebraska right now. Over 300 yards rushing as a team. He had 157 of those. This was a game where it felt like it was really hard to find a rhythm just with how much stoppage of play there was. But how do you feel like from his second start he kind of found a rhythm here and there, operated the offense? Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously growing and kind of progressing in the offense. It was a little herky-jerky. Um, but when you're three of eleven on third down and yeah. you can't keep drives alive, like that, that will happen. Yeah. And uh, of course, they had the two big plays called back. But listen, for this, this offense to kind of get going, because I think it's going to take some time. We we joke about it every week, but um, it'll be better in the second half than the first half of the season. You could help yourself out by keeping the ball on third downs just to give yourself a chance to establish a little bit better rhythm. It's still a little bit disjointed early on. So that brings me to something that Tommy Frazier shared up here two weeks ago. And also we know that Matt Rule takes a lot of pride in special teams. But in terms of the topic of punting, he said something Tom Osborne would tell us a lot is kickoffs, punts, and – 
uh, field goals. They don't, they don't, those don't still don't hurt us. Those, yeah, are, those, just are, good as, those are just good things. And yeah. he's, because at the end of the day, they still aren't turnovers. You're pinning them back. In back-to-back weeks, Brian Buscini puts a punt within the five-yard line. Defense makes a big stop. Offense puts points on the board. Mm-hmm. How, how crucial has special teams been for this team? And I guess to look forward a little bit, how important do you think that will be this weekend? So I, when it's good, it's been really good, right? I think when they put um, foot to tee, it hasn't been as good, i.e. the place kicking and kickoffs. But the punting outside of Boulder, I think, yeah. has been pretty consistent. Bushini bailed him out uh, a couple of times this this past Saturday. And I actually, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big deal. When you're playing a team like Michigan that is so stout defensively, and if Nebraska can continue to be pretty good against the run, well, punting will be important. You don't want to give short fields. And if Michigan is a team that's been very methodical like they have been, the further you make them go, the better chance you give uh, your defense to not give up points. So I think punting is, is, is going to be huge. Yeah, defense last week didn't necessarily play to the level that we've seen them play. And I don't know if that's just because we're critiquing them harder because of the maybe the unex- iconic start. Yeah, <laughs> however, got the job done. On paper, some things looked a little different. Zero sacks, only three tackles for loss. They did, like you just said, rush defense, held LaTeX to 46 yards on the ground that's been a consistency for this defense how do you how do you see them using that against Michigan or what areas and pass defense has got to improve but how much how much room for growth this weekend needs to improve yeah so I'd start with tackling it was not very good against Louisiana Tech and that was one of the keys early and Nebraska started out the game by missing a few tackles and so I didn't ever really feel like they felt comfortable with getting LaTeX to the ground in space. And they'll have to be significantly better than that uh, this week. Now, Michigan plays in a lot more condensed sets than Nebraska, so they won't be near as spread out. But tackling, you'll have better better players uh, from top to bottom. They'll be few better than Smoke Harris. But yeah. to, across the board, they'll be significantly better. Guys like Corum and Donovan Edwards yeah. and – and Wilson, I mean, they've got some fellas. I think Loveland is a fantastic tight end. So their ability to, to build, I think, LaTeX finished with 2.1 or 2.2 yards of carry, that would be huge right. if you could pull that off this Saturday. I don't see that being the case, but they have been stout against the run. So you kept Louisiana Tech one-dimensional, which I think really helped. You had the few quarterback scrambles mm-hmm. late. Mm-hmm. That hurt Nebraska from from Captain Jack, but you keep keep Michigan bottled up and make them drive the football. Sometimes you may get a, a forty carry day for for two hundred yards, and I know that's five yards per carry, but that may not be all bad for Nebraska if you can make it very workmanlike and limit the big plays. Yeah, the last thing I'll touch on on the Louisiana Tech game before we fully transition to Michigan, it wasn't necessarily the prettiest win. I kind of mentioned that in the post game on Saturday, but it kept bringing me back to your sit down with Coach Rule in the summer where he said we have to earn getting to the fourth quarter with a lead in hand or being behind to close that margin. But the way we do that is day by day, and that was in the summer, earning you know that fourth quarter victory. Although they did score coming out of the fourth quarter, they didn't get the turnover to close out the game. I know some people were still unhappy with how it looked, a little bit sloppy, but when you look back at last year, those still might have not been wins for Nebraska. How do you think that messaging in the locker room or from the summer from this staff was exemplified in these last two weeks? Well, I think it's it, it, you're speaking it into existence because you're watching it play out real time. 
And that's how this team has played. Very, it's not necessarily steady and, and workmanlike is a little cliche, but it's not spectacular. It's just very, it's very businessy. And regardless of what happened the previous play, to stay right where you're at and, and, and get the next one. And they're having every opportunity to do that because they're just not very dynamic yet. And so until you're you're able to, to generate some consistency in terms of chunk plays and, 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 and grow and evolve in the passing game, it's going to be pretty workmanlike. Now, that's not to say they didn't rip off big runs because they did. Yes. You know, a couple of them were just called back. So you clean some of those things up and you get this thing into the fourth quarter. I'll tell you right now, if Nebraska has the opportunity – uh, to get this thing to the fourth quarter against against Michigan, they'll more than be happy with that. Yeah, so Nebraska moves a two and two on the season to close out the first four games between before really getting into the gauntlet of the Big Ten season. Now, Michigan's offense is what I think screams off the page for most people. JJ McCarthy likes to throw it around, 930 yards passing so far on the season through four games. They average about 31 points a game. We just talked about the pass defense, but I know you like to break things down micro macro level. Where does Nebraska's defense tighten that area up on those two levels to maybe limit what he does? So I think the the big thing this is this sounds odd because it's Michigan and they run the ball, but you can't allow them uh, any explosive plays in the passing game. If you keep them relatively one-handed, even though it's Michigan's strength running the football, it's built to keep games close because. You know, Corum is about you know, six yards per carry. Yep. Uh, I think Edwards is less than that in mm-hmm. the three somewhere. So if, if you can keep them kind of bottled and don't let guys like Loveland at the tight end spot or Wilson or some of these guys get loose outside the numbers, you're going to give yourself a chance because statistically it's just hard to make a living putting together 10, 11, 12 play drives uh, without something uh, going wrong. So I know it's Michigan strengths, but you you, you, you want to keep them one-dimensional. If you let them get dynamic in the air with explosive plays, that's a recipe for disaster because that just means the ground game uh, is that much more efficient because of the eyes that you have to utilize in the secondary with the skill guys outside mm-hmm. the numbers. Yeah. So J.J. McCarthy's only been sacked three times this year. Mm-hmm. Nebraska averages almost three a game. How do you think the D-line can disrupt that Michigan's offense? I know you said you got kind of a sneaky feeling about our defense. What, what gives you that confidence? I just kind of like the matchups. I think – Michigan is evolving a little bit along the offensive line. I mean, they lost some thoroughbreds from a year ago, and that stuff's not just easily replaced. And so Nebraska, I think, can make some hay. I think Nash Upmaker has really started to evolve. They've got good depth, so I think you can keep guys fresh. And listen, pass protection um, is tough, um, especially when – Nebraska has so much versatility from where they can bring pressure from. So I think making sure McCarthy gets the ball out of his hands quickly is much more important than maybe getting him to the ground. He's tur- I think he's got three interceptions on the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like he hasn't put the ball in harm's way. Mm-hmm. I think muddying up the pocket with your pass rush, even if you don't get him to the ground, is probably something to look for. 
I know they're the number two team in the nation. That kind of comes with a lot of glamour. But for Nebraska and their mindset going into this game, where do you think they can take advantage of Michigan and some of the holes that are in their game plan? Well, that's going to be tough, right? I, th- I think it starts, if you're talking about Michigan defensively, there's so much depth along that D-line. Uh, and they can run a ton of bodies at you. And they're starting to get healthy in the secondary too. So that's a little bit of a, a concern. But if you're Nebraska, it starts with staying on schedule. Right. Don't allow Michigan to dictate tempo and pace with how they want to play because you're behind the sticks. Michigan has, has had to bring pressures in order to get to the quarterback. So when they're just rushing for protect the quarterback, mm-hmm. if you can do that, you maybe give yourself a chance to not only stay on schedule, but to occasionally pop the big play defensively this one's easy for me you have to win at the line of scrimmage if you win at the line of scrimmage you give your guys a chance to be in position to make tackles and if nebraska gets guys to the ground that's obviously a bonus but it starts with being able to neutralize michigan at the line of scrimmage yeah last thing we'll get to here coach rule mentioned it yesterday talking about mental toughness for this team especially going into this game seems like a really big topic for this team Something he brought up that I thought was interesting, he said mental toughness is also being present. You have to focus on the play at hand. Sometimes we have guys That's that want to focus line. on so many different plays. What play's going to come next? How do we string this you know, offensive, the whole system together? How important does that mindset come into play in a game like this? Yeah, that's a great line. And, I mean, just think about that for a second, like for us on the day-to-day, mm-hmm. just to be present with what we're doing in the moment. Like, yeah. if you can just compartmentalize to winning and breaking down life going second to second, it's easy to dominate that second. 100%. But somehow mm-hmm. it, it gets away yep. from us because – we get distracted. And so I absolutely think Mm -hmm. that that is mental toughness. And for this team, um, Michigan's going to make some plays. They're going to make some plays offensively. They're going to make some plays defensively. I mean, they're number two for a reason. So to stay in the moment and reset, recalibrate, and win the next play, Mm -hmm. man, it would take you so far. Because then you stop chasing ghosts. You don't check the rearview mirror. You're not thinking about what was. You're not even extrapolating on where you're trying to go. If you stay right where you are, you give yourself a chance to win that moment. And against uh, a highly rated top caliber team like this, I think that's the best chance for success. Yeah, I really like just how he put it. I think we hear that saying a lot, just live in the moment. But for him to connect the two in a sports environment and also just connecting it to mental toughness. Really uh, like you can win the second, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. that's doable, yeah. right? If, you, if we just start going yeah. minute to minute. Like, you, you can win a lot of games yeah. that way. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room every <laughs> once in a while. But there you have it. We'll see you next week after the Nebraska-Michigan game. We'll recap that one and look forward to the next week. A Herd at Sports Network production.